Hello and welcome to episode nine of North Point Plus. Hey, <laughs> one at a time. We're all the way up to nine. <laughs> we're all <laughs> we're here. Uh, this is our follow up podcast uh, for those that uh, maybe your your first time tuning into North Point Plus. Uh, every Sunday we have our gatherings and our messages, uh, and this podcast is just a follow up where we get to engage with you. You can submit questions through the mobile app. Uh, we interact with those. It's a cool way of continuing that interaction. Uh, if you want to keep continuing that. Uh, after the video and the podcast goes live, like, share, subscribe, comment, do all the all the social media things. Um, but yeah, this is a we <laughs> have so much to talk about. There's so much yeah. to unpack. <laughs> well, and and let me let me just say this too. Uh, my I think I mentioned it in the eleven o'clock service yesterday, not in the nine thirty one. Um, it has been really fun for me as we've progressed through North Point Plus. Yeah, that every week. Um, one or two other people are saying, hey, I listen to North Point Plus. I really like it. It's really helping me digest the message from Sunday later in the week. And so um, f- do feel free, man, to, to, uh, to share and to let us know that it's, yeah. that it's uh, helping. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's a really, really cool way that we can continue, continue our community. I mean, we've always said like church isn't just Sunday morning between 930 and noon. That's right. When church takes place. Um, so having this opportunity to interact with you, to answer questions, to keep the conversation going. Love that. It's a blast. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm one of your hosts, Mark Adkins. To my left is Rick Rubel. Uh, and Rick, we are continuing our series called God's Design. Yeah. And uh, who knew that you could boil down everything that it means to be a man in 35 minutes? <laughs> wow. <laughs> who knew it was wow. that easy? <laughs> yes. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah. So give me, uh, give me, give me a synopsis. Give me a, a quick summary of, of what we talked about yesterday um, to help uh, those that might need a refresher or those that didn't catch everything, uh, just to give context for all the questions that we're diving into. Good. Um, uh, basic, the basic structure of the message really was God made man and women differently uh, yeah. uh, from, the, from the beginning of time, from yep. in the Garden of Eden. So, that, so that's important to know, and that God designed them differently. Yep. We talked, uh, looked at a lot of Scripture, and feel free to go back and look at the message to kind of work through the Scripture. We'll talk more about that as well. Yeah. But, the, but the basic big idea is that God designed men to be intentional, responsible and engaged. Yeah. And there are lots of things in our culture that push us away from that. Yep. Um, there are idols that we experience in life, um, comfort, control, um, uh, success mm-hmm. that that draw us away from those things. Um, but that's God's design for us. And and when we live in that design, um, everything's better for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, I think hammering home that point of when we when we live in God's design it's best for us now and later right <laughs> that's that's where i think the the phrase you use is that we really come alive yeah not in the sense of you're going to be happy healthy wealthy and all of the things that culture wants to emphasize but that you will truly come alive as a man in Christ when you live within God's design yeah well, you, you know when we originally started north point plus um I thought that I usually have a couple of pages of stuff that doesn't make into the message um, on Sunday morning that I thought, oh, it would just be fun to talk about those things. But the questions have really kind of driven stuff. But this is one aspect that I really, I wish I could have spent more time talking about because I think um, so many of the things that um, for men uh, especially, but but women, when we talk about their design next week, it's the same kind of thing, that that when we experience life and life is just 
um, mundane. Mm. Um, it's it it is mundane because we're not living according to God's design. Yeah. And that when we do those things as a man, when I am intentional, yep. when I am responsible, and when I'm engaged. I am a completely different person hmm. than when I veg out on the couch and watch football for nine hours. Yeah. Um, and yes, you can watch football for nine hours. <laughs> it's <laughs> sometimes more than that. Um, I, it, I, I feel better about myself. Yeah. Deb feels more loved. I, I'm able to interact with the kids. The house is better. My spiritual life is better. Yep. Um, we come alive when we live right. um, in God's design. Right. And and when we get away from God's design, all of a sudden everything becomes a burden, mm. and um, and we just kind of trudge through life. Yeah. And um and and everybody loses. Yep. If if I'm at my best, um, uh, Deb's life is better. If yeah. I'm at my best, the church is better. If I'm at my best, my neighbors are better. Right. Uh, my, my interaction with them. So um, when I'm when I'm at my best, I play better racquetball. Um, <laughs> so it really does permeate every aspect right. of life. If I am intentional, responsible, and engaged, it spills out into everything. And if I'm not, it spills out into everything as well. Right. Well, and I think we 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 benefit from having many conversations of preparing for this series for this message. Yeah. But one of the things that we've talked about a lot is culture and Satan doesn't want men to be intentional, right. responsible, and engaged. Satan wants the men to be controlled by their desire for control, significance, and comfort. Yeah. And that, I think, really speaks to Satan loves a church that's full of men that are apathetic. Yeah, exactly. Care. And isolated. I, di- I didn't talk yes. about that in yep. the wrap-up, but that that's a that was one of the foundational pieces as well, yes. that... Um, that God designed us as men to be in relationship with other people. Yes. And um and when we when we avoid those relationships, yep. cuz they're too hard or they're too painful or inconvenient. Uh, inconvenient. Uh, you know, it's easier to just play on my phone. Yeah. Um when when we avoid that um it that impacts us as well. And Satan does everything that he can to reinforce yep. that desire to be isolated, yep. to, to be by ourselves. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Thirty-five minutes is not enough time. No, to dive into it. No. Nope. So uh, we got probably the most questions that we've ever had for North Point Woo-hoo! Plus. So we have a so lot. Keep them coming. We have a lot to work through. <laughs> yeah. If we if we don't want to beat Jake's record <laughs> of, of forty minutes. <laughs> so the first question uh, comes from Kate Dolphy, and this has to do with at, at the beginning of your message, you outlined the ground rules for this series. Yeah. That you have to hear what I'm saying. Not, not what I'm not saying. Not what I'm not saying. Not yeah. what you think is being said. Don't connect dots that aren't being connected. Right. And then the second ground rule was don't take our word for it. Just because right. Rick says it, Mark says it, Chris, Jake, whoever, right. doesn't matter that we're saying it. Doesn't matter if someone said it, your parents said it, pastor, whoever. Yep. Go to scripture. Right. What scripture says, that's the end all be all. That's the authority. That's the authority. So that's what we're going to go with. So Kate's question is when it comes to looking at scripture, how do we go to scripture and discern what is true? Because if history is indicative of anything, it's that a lot of people can look at the same scripture right. and take it to mean different things. So what tips, what best practices do you yeah. have for that? The, um, that, first of all, that's a great, great question. Yeah. And, and the, uh, uh, the place that I would go is that it speaks to, our, to the importance of us knowing scripture. Yeah. Uh, us being consistent. So at yep. North Point in the last several years, 
Um, we did a nine day, a ninety day um, trek through the entire to read through all of Scripture in ninety days. That yeah. that that's a great step. Yep. We did this year. We did a ninety day step through the uh, ninety day read through the New Testament again yep. to just become familiar with and to know Scripture at a deeper level. Um, so the the starting place is to just be exposed to Scripture, to be to be pouring Scripture into your life yep. so that you know what Jesus said, you know what the teaching is, you know uh, historical background in terms of what happened in the Old Testament to set the stage for redemption, all, all of those things. Yep. And then as you read, there are some principles, and uh, we, we do a class that Chris leads called Bible, Bible Matters mm-hmm. that, that's, um, that's just a great tool for helping you figure out how you understand Scripture when you read it. Yeah. And um, if I just go big picture and just kind of rattle off some stuff, you start with by asking who wrote it, to whom, for what reason, what, what were the circumstances when it was written, um, and, and what is the—when uh, you read— a text when you read scripture what's the what's the plain meaning that's there you don't have to look for layers and and depth and all right. okay. what's scripture say you know when it when it says don't grumble right what's that mean don't well, grumble yeah um, in the greek <laughs> yeah um so so it really is context the context of scripture and to know and to understand that scripture will never contradict itself yes so while one one um, one book may communicate one thing, and there may be something that seems like, oh, that's a contradiction, the the challenge is to say, okay, I trust that God's word is consistent, that it yeah. doesn't conflict, because if it does conflict, we can't trust any of it. Right. Um, but if it doesn't conflict, then I've got to figure out how that makes sense. So you're looking at all of Scripture and how the how the pieces fit, um, and and that sometimes takes some study and yep. and um, and understanding maybe historically hmm. how the church has understood particular passages. Yep. Um, and and then there's then there are some tools that you can use too. Just some some basic ones. Yes, in yesterday's message, when I used the the First Corinthians sixteen passage yep. and used the Amplified version, I love the Amplified Amplified version because what it does is take the original language and where there is nuance of meaning in a particular word, it will spell that out in English. So it could mean this, it could mean this, it could mean this, and it does that bracketed. So the Amplified, to me, helps me get a much better understanding because it's been a long time since I had some Greek, <laughs> and um, and and I'm, I just haven't yeah. used the little bit that I had. Um, so that's a great tool. Another tool that's um, that's there. So if you've got like if you've got a, a Bible app, mm-hmm. you can go for the Amplified. Uh, an app that you can download is the Blue Letter Bible, mm-hmm. BLB, and and it gives you the ability to look up a verse to hit the um, interlinear, uh, mm-hmm. which which will give you the English version. And then it will allow you to cross-reference what the original language says and yep. what the meanings for those words are as well. Hope that's not in too much detail, but yeah. but that's a great study tool yep. that you can use as well. Yeah. And um, now, if I can if I can wind Kate's question back together to say, okay, so how do, how do you trust Scripture in light of yesterday's message? Mm. The big picture would be to say, okay, I need to think through all of Scripture to say, are there other Scriptures that would point that would co- conflict with with what Rick 
communicated in terms of men's design being intentional, responsible, and engaged. Yeah. Are there other scriptures that would say, no, 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 that's not true. Um, men should be this instead, or whatever. Or are there other qualities? And I, and I said, we reduced it to three, but that's not exhaustive. Right. Um, but that's the way that you look at the message t- um, to, to uh, compare it to scripture mm-hmm. and say, what um, maybe what's missing, or mm-hmm. are there holes, or that kind of thing? But it, again, it's it's always uh, looking at scripture. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. I think I think the important principle to remember, and this was something that was taught to me when I was in in college, and the Bible can be very intimidating because it can be surrounded by people with PhDs and degrees, yeah. and they're speaking different languages and they're reading right. different things. But by and large, the principle that was taught to me is, for the most part, the Bible is very simple. Yep. And so to understand it does not take a knowledge of Greek and Hebrew and original languages. And, and all of those things help, certainly. Right. Um, but by and large, like when the Bible says, do all things without grumbling and complaining, we can spend time and go into the Greek and go yeah. into the context. But it probably just means do all things without grumbling yeah, and complaining. Right. So right. taking that taking that at its plain meaning, I think, is, is the best. And then, yeah, surrounding yourself with resources of people that you trust, teachers right. that you trust, and going to say, like, hey, this is... I'm wrestling with this. This is confusing. It seems like these don't match up. Right. There's people here at North Point that would be excellent teachers. Chris's class, Bible Matters, study Bibles. That, I mean, we live in a day and age where you have access. Lots to of resources. That people 100 yeah. years ago would have killed to have access to. Right. So uh, take advantage of those for sure. That's a great question. Um, so uh, moving through your message, you had those ground rules. And then we started off in Genesis where we looked at God has a specific design for men and women. Right, and that they're distinct. They're men and women. We shared that um, that Rachel Gilson quote where it said that that was intentional. God could have designed it with could have done anything he wanted. Yep, very specifically said it's not good to just have man. Right, man to be alone. We're going to have man and woman. So we got a few questions um, surrounding that. So the first one I want to go to is surrounding this 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 belief, this worldview that God has a design for men distinct and women distinct. How do we show God's love to people that would question that? Uh, uh, This question came in anonymously specifically surrounding uh, uh, people that have same-sex attraction, the LGBT community. Um, How do we share God's design without pushing them away because they don't believe God's design? Right. Um, For somebody who is not uh, a person whose desire is God, whose greatest Mm -hmm. desire is God, you can't expect them to accept necessarily God's standard, mm. and it's not a it's not a logical, um, it's not the kind of conversation that you can win with logic necessarily, even though your logic is sound. Um, I I I, uh, I said a number of months ago. Um, in a message on evangelism, I was talking about how important it is to be in relationship with people, and and ultimately that's where I'm going to go with it, with this uh, question. Um, that that I can I can articulate five um, irrefutable truths about why Ohio State football is the best football in the in the nation, certainly in the in the Big Ten, and and I could go through all those things. Um, and then say, okay, is everybody ready to become an Ohio State fan? And people are going to say, no, because it's not. That's not a logical right. argument. Um, so, so how how do you how do you communicate? How do you live? Um, how do you deal with people who 
same-sex attraction, whatever, that have a different perspective, you, you really do it by being in a relationship with mm-hmm. them, um, by loving people and recognizing that God has created them in his image yeah. um, and, that, uh, and that they're worthy of love and relationship. Yep. And then along with that, I, I, I just think, particularly right now in our world, we've lost the ability to ask people questions where we legitimately want to hear their answers. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, oh, help me understand. Why do you think that way? What is it that that's brought you to the place that that's where you've landed? Right. And, and given a, a chance f- for people to tell their stories. Right. Because if we allow them to tell their stories, it may not happen in, uh, immediately, but we'll, we'll eventually get a chance to tell our story in the context of that relationship. And um, I, I think for for the people that I know that that are living a life differently than I think God's design is for them, the, the best thing that I can do is to be in relationship with them and love them and care about them, care about the things that they care about, yeah. until they allow me in to be able to 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 speak God's truth into situ, into this into their situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and for them to see what God's doing in my life as I deal with my own stuff, and um, so so ultimately, I, I think it's that's it. It's uh, yeah. um, ask questions, and not and let me just clarify: not questions to win an argument, right? Not leading questions, but questions that come out of a legitimate concern and care for the person that that you're dealing with, and right. then to just laugh with them and cry with them, you know, right. to do do life with people. Um, just like anyone else that you would, that's also right. has their own brokenness in whatever area that right. is. Yeah, and I think it, we we tend to build it up in our heads that to be in relationship with someone that that has this identity, that has this worldview, that that in and of itself is a compromise of God's truth, and that's not the case. And right. so I think that's what we would say is when it comes to this issue, we don't compromise on God's truth that right. God created men and women that's true that's God's design but being in relationship with someone that disagrees with that doesn't lead me to compromise that truth it just leads right. me to be in relationship with that person just like I thankfully people are in relationship with me and my brokenness right that can continue to lead and encourage and push progressively toward God's truth and yeah. not having that all be done in one conversation right <laughs> right right and Ultimately, recognizing that whatever the issue is, if we're talking about same-sex attraction, whatever, yeah. that that's a symptom and not the core. That the most important thing is their relationship with Jesus. What right. what do they do with Jesus? Right. Um, and 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 to simply deal with the symptom, and it doesn't have to be that. It could be any aspect of our life. Right. To simply deal with the symptom and to want that symptom corrected. Right. Um, and to and to, it doesn't make any sense to deal with the symptom unless you deal with the root issue, which is really whether or not God's their desire, and they understand that that yeah. the God who loves them sent His Son to 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 save them. Yeah, because if they get that, all of the other stuff will fall in place at some point in time. Yeah. Let's complicate the issue more. Okay, good. <laughs> so we got multiple questions yesterday uh, around the, this similar topic of same-sex attraction, mm-hmm. um, LGBT community. It, it, 
And the two questions uh, came in and specifically related to teenagers. Yeah. Which I think is that's what complicates it so much is this is a, a really hot hot button sensitive issue, especially for young people. Um, so if I'm summarizing, the, the first question was how do, how do we talk to our kids uh, who our kids themselves don't believe in God's design for just the two sexes, uh, male and female, and also how do parents help teens see God's design in the midst of a culture that actively fights against that, that it feels like at times Christians are bullied against believing those things. Like even right. to, even to affirm God's truth of that is, is an act of violence in some cases against that community. Cause you're not affirming their identity and man, like, the emotion that gets swelled into that and the the hurt surrounding all of that is such a complicated issue, especially for kids, for teens. <laughs> How do we work with that? How do we work in that? Oh, you know, that's such an easy question to answer. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can give you 30 seconds and, and solve it all, right? <laughs> um, I, I actually think, I, um, when you shared the questions with me this morning and I, and I was kind of thinking through them, I think it starts particularly when you're talking about parents with their kids, mm-hmm. with the challenge to parents to authentically live out their faith 24-7 and for their kids to see that their heart is more for God than anything else. Mm-hmm. That if, if that, if they see that lived out, if they see mom and dad living a life of sacrifice mm-hmm. where they're dying to themselves and putting Jesus first. Yeah. That gives the ability to have a conversation. That's a much different deal than someone who says, yeah, we, we're going to church, this is what we believe, right. but then their life doesn't match it. Mm. Um, so, so that's, I think, the first yeah. step. You're basically giving them an opportunity to see that God's design does work. Yes, yes. Key. Um, and and the... the um, I think the second piece that's there um, is to make sure that you have the conversation outside of conflict. Hmm. Um, the, uh, particularly with teenagers, a conversation in the midst of conflict rarely <laughs> convinces or produces good fruit at all. Yeah. Um, one of the things, having raised six kids, one of the things that I realized in the development of my kids was... Um, in the years that that I was teaching in a college, and we had college kids in our home a lot, and uh, you know they're eating with us. Um, Deb and the kids were coming to the to the campus, and we're eating in the cafeteria with the kids. The kids uh, uh, loved the, the college kids. Yeah, being able to to say to them, "Oh, this particular student, he can't come back to school. Dad, why not? Mm-hmm. You love him. Uh, yeah, I know. He didn't go to class, and he failed." And so he got he got suspended from school. I mean, he he can't re-enroll because mm. he didn't do his stuff. Mm. That's a lot different kind of conversation than to say to my kids, "You've got to do your homework. You've got to go to class. You've got to write your papers. You've got to do all that stuff, or bad things are going to happen to you." Yeah. Um, and to have that conversation when they didn't turn in their homework, yeah. um, all of a sudden, in the midst of the conflict, they're not hearing things. And so being being intentional. If I if I go if I go to God's design, yeah. being intentional about when you have that conversation, yeah, so that it's out of conflict, um, is is a really important thing. Hmm. Um, 
and I think when you when you have that conversation, then you have the ability to have some rational conversation yeah. and and to be able to talk from a bigger perspective about what's going on. Um, and I and I th- I think that there's questions about why. Uh, why the conversation is being framed in the way that it is. I think that there's an opportunity to be able to say to our kids, hey, do you, do you understand that we can choose to live however we want? We, we, can, choose to be, yeah. we can choose to be celibate. We can choose to be monogamous. We can choose to be promiscuous. Hmm. We, we can choose all that stuff. And, and at some level, we can choose some things about how we communicate gender to the world around us. We can even take hormones that change some things that happen in our body. You can have surgery that changes some things that happen in our body. But until the day that you die, your every gene in your body, every, every cell, you will either have an XX chromosome and be a female yeah. or an XY chromosome. And be a male. Um, that's that. That's how God designed us. And so you can change all the stuff on the outside, but you will still fundamentally be one of those two sexes that God created. Yeah. And and to be able to communicate that kind of truth again with without beating anybody up, um, it it's hard to escape the reality right. of that. Um, but to be able to have a good conversation about what's going on and and to uh, it's hard to do with a teenager but to give some historical context to say the stuff that we're experiencing in our culture right now we never would have anticipated hmm. the volume of um of change that's happened in the last 5 years, 15 years, yeah. 25 years, 50 years. Um and and that's to a large degree um uh, because the conversation has been out there, and people have had the freedom to pursue choices that yeah. that um, that either didn't exist or were not any people were not yeah. aware of at all. Yeah, yeah, and in I think the past. yeah, I think the an important thing, and I th- this goes back to the the previous question that we had. Um, an important thing to do with with teens, um, college students, really. I mean, whatever age, whatever conversation yeah. you're having, is ask questions. Have yep. them have them work through it with you. I mean, we're right. we're going to be working from scripture because we be, like if if I'm as a parent as a man modeling God's design and my love and desire for God, and that's why I trust God. We're going to go to scripture, and so you can ask questions of like, why do you why do you think God designed it this way? Why do you why do you think anything outside of God's design? leads to that or do you think anything outside of God's design leads to that do we have examples of that like working through that and reasoning that especially with the teen rather than coming from the approach of this is the way it is accept yeah. it yes and 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 living out yeah. your faith 24/7 even as you relate to 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 people who are who are transgender or mm-hmm. whatever caring for those people having relationships with yep. people defending them if they're being I, 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 if they're being abused or taken advantage of or yep. or hurt, bullied, whatever, yep. being able to stand up for them, even though you don't necessarily um, condone uh, right. behavioral things, yep. they're still made in the image of God, and yeah. God still loves them, and and our desire is for them to have the right kind of relationship with right. God. Yeah, 
yeah and the, i think that's why i love i love the the phrase that we keep coming back to is if god is my desire i can trust his i can design. i can trust his design and so yep. that's that's always what it's going to come back to do yep. i trust do i desire and love god so much more than my own desires my own preferences right. my own questions that come in and if i do i can trust him right um, and that's because it's no longer about what i want Right. It, it's um, I, I choose to die to self. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the conversation we had earlier is it, it, Mark is dead. <laughs> Mark right. has been his my old self of Mark has been dead and crucified. My preferences crucified with the Christ. preferences that I have to this day. I have to choose to die to my preference, my desires, whatever it might be, so that it is Christ who lives through me. And right. So it's Christ that acts and lives through my desires, my preferences, the questions that I ask, the interactions that I have. Um, and that's really, really hard. And that I think is the the most counterculture thing that exists today is, yeah. no, it's Mark's preferences that trump everything else. Right. Um, and that's just not, yeah, it's not God's design. Yeah. And, 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 and that really goes to the, to the other Rachel Gilson quote that I use later in the message that, yeah, that, yeah. that, yep. that says the bottom, the bottom line, and this is a fundamental issue, a fundamental question, a great thing to teach with your kids is, um, it really is who gets to determine who makes the choice. Hmm. Does what God say trump what I think or what my friends think or what culture says? Yeah. Or not? Yeah. Um, is it? Is it? Do I put myself? Do I place myself yep. above God and say, mm, "Nah, God, you don't really have it right. I have it all figured out." Yep. And that sounds ludicrous from our perspective, yep. but that really is in every area of our life, in any area of sin in our life. Right. When we say, mm, "Yeah, I know you say that, God, <laughs> but nah, I, th- I actually think this would be okay." Yeah. Um, it's uh we we just miss it yeah yep okay uh the next question comes from jeff um which the, this is this is a great uh, to even circle back to the teen how do you parent teenagers and wrestle with this question jeff asks a great question of if men are hardwired with god's design god's blueprint what happened <laughs> why don't i desire god's design in my life to be intentional responsible and engaged why is it that when mark gets home from work i want comfort <laughs> rather than to be engaged um in one word satan uh you know the the bottom line is jesus said satan came to steal and kill and destroy yeah um and so what god whatever god designed that was good satan tries to twist and distort and change enough that it becomes destructive instead of uh, what yeah. what God made. And so the one of the, we live in a broken world, mm. and um, and the the things that we as men deal with, um, that the, those idols that are there, um, it's because uh, it's we're broken, yeah. and um, and Satan has made those attractive to us. Yeah. We we frankly we think. Yeah, comfort sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, being in control and not having to listen to any, listen to anybody—that sounds pretty good. Having success—that sounds pretty good. I'll, I think I'll choose them yeah. rather than doing the the harder work of living in God's design yeah. and being intentional, responsible, yeah. and engaged. Yeah. When I, it, it, the cool thing, because again, we're going to keep going back to scripture. The cool thing about scripture is you get plenty of examples of men that tried to take control 
that sought comfort, that wanted to be seen as significant, and you can see the train wreck, the carnage that is yeah. left in their legacy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and thankfully, like for many of those men that are recording in scripture, you find redemption in Jesus, which is right. a wonderful and beautiful thing. But there's plenty of examples where you can see the men that are recorded in scripture of David, who sought significance, who sought control, right? <laughs> who sought comfort, <laughs> and the train wreck left from that. Abraham, who sought control, right? And the ramifications that we still feel to this day. Adam, <laughs> right? Who is probably the biz- biggest example. So, uh, yeah, there's so many examples that we think we would learn from, right? Right. Thank God for Jesus. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Um, and this is interesting. Uh, this comes in uh, anonymous. How do we go about being in a relationship? So I'm assuming this is uh, putting in the context of uh, a romantic dating relationship, marriage, whatever that might be. Uh, how do I go about being in that relationship with someone that doesn't realize his design? That's a great question. And um, I, I, uh, I tried to write some things down to just uh, kind of keep my head clear. I, I, think, I think it starts in the... Hopefully, you're at the beginning stages of the relationship, <laughs> and and I think um, again, if I go back to a previous answer, yeah, asking questions, not leading questions, not questions that are designed to badger, but yep. to, but to say, why why is it that that you live this way? And maybe it's because they've never had a model, yeah. that they've never seen it, they've yeah. never seen what it looked like. Maybe it's because they've bought into a worldview that says that's what you're supposed to do, and they've just never even thought about it. Having that conversation where you're asking questions, again, outside of conflict, um, where you can kind of process that. Um, uh, I I think as as a relationship goes on, as you you have those those, uh, conversations, you create opportunities for small wins, Hmm. um, not manipulating, but, but but you... don't take the initiative and allow the man to begin to be engaged and responsible and um, uh, um, right. and intentional in a way that they never have before. Because sometimes it's really easy for our wives or our girlfriends or whoever to just jump in and take control. Yep. Um, and then and then we just um, we go for comfort and yeah, and let them do it. And yep. so I think creating that opportunity. Or, and even asking sometimes, hey, could you d- do this? And then setting the stage so that that's a, a place that they can go yep. and, and have some small wins. Yeah. Um, I, and, and then when they do, when they have some small wins, man, affirm that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cel- celebrate yeah. that. Not Don't go over the top, but, but to be able to say, man, that is so cool that yeah. you did that. When, when, you, when you planned that, that weekend for us... That was crazy cool. Yeah. Cause I didn't I didn't expect it at all. Yep. And you reinforce um that behavior uh, that is again is God's design. You when we live in God's design, we come alive. Yep. And and when we come alive and that's affirmed yep. from the outside, uh, understand this that when a when a guy lives in God's design and and they come alive, there is something that happens in them that is like, this is Great. I want Re- more of that. Yeah. Re- regardless of what the what the external um, yeah. uh, feedback is, but when when they experience that, and there's external feedback that says, "Man, <laughs> that was really cool." Yeah. Um, that that just 
compounds it yeah. um, because we're doing what God designed us to do. Yep. Um, let, I, 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 I wrote this note. Can, can you have a successful relationship? Can, can you have a successful marriage with a man who is not intentional, responsible, and engaged? Um, you can remain married, mm-hmm. and, um, and you can experience joy. You can have kids. You can you can you know kind of co-partner through the process. Yeah. But I would maintain that you you won't experience the fulfillment in that relationship that you could hmm. if the man is living in God's design. Yeah. Um, that it opens up a completely different world when that happens. And yeah. so, and so, if you're if you're kind of in the beginning stages of that relationship and you see. Oh man, my guy is not intentional, and he's mm. not responsible, and he's not really all that engaged. Yeah. Um, understand that if you continue to pursue that relationship, um, the likelihood that that's going to change is probably not very great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to decide: is that the way I want to live the rest of my life, or not? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, in the, uh, I, I hope that wasn't too depressing. <laughs> it's a great way to end the question. <laughs> Moving on. No, I was going to say the... In your relationship and with the next question. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the cool thing about God's design, and you alluded to this, is you know, making, allowing space for the man to be engaged intentionally, yeah. is that when both partners live in God's design... Which we'll get we'll get yeah. to women next week. Yeah, absolutely. When women live in God's design, it is easier for men to step into God's design. When men live in God's design, it is easier for women to step into God's design. And you both come alive in that process. Yeah. <laughs> and you would think that God knew what he was doing. It seems like it. <laughs> <laughs> that he that he created this partnership. Yeah. That's just incredibly fulfilling. Yeah. Um and Satan tries to distort it and yep. undermine it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, another question from Jeff, and this I'm, I'm pairing with uh, a question from from uh, from Scott Falloon. Um, so Jeff asks uh, to be intentional and in planning to follow Christ in all things in our lives. What are some practical things we can do to know what to do, where to focus? And, and paired with that, Scott asks for a, a further, uh, a more unpacked definition of engaged, intentional, and responsible as it pertains to God's design. So I think what we're we're looking for is. Okay, we're on board with being engaged, responsible, and intentional. What does it look like? How do we do that? <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny because when I read Jeff's question, I was yeah. thinking he was asking specifically in the in the spiritual sure. yeah. um, in, in the spiritual world. Yeah, and um, and and so let me let me just speak to that in terms of what what does engaged, intentional, responsible look like? Yeah, um, in terms of our relationship with God, and I think I think that that is. Um, Again, it speaks back to the Kate's question. Um, additional, um, doing everything that we can to fill our life with Scripture. Yeah. Um, the the more that we understand Scripture, the more that we internalize Scripture, the more that we um, meditate on Scripture, mm-hmm. the more we understand the heart of God. Yeah. Um, along with that, I think that there's probably a, a complementary end of that that yeah. says that we lessen the influence of culture mm-hmm. um, uh, on on. You know, on our soul and yeah. you know, on our minds. Yep. So that probably means less media, um, less uh, less entertainment, less uh, less of a lot of less busyness, yep. um, um, less of a lot of things, um, so that we can hear and know God's voice, recognize the 
the voice of the Holy Spirit in us yep. and be be drawn to Him in that way. Yep. Um, the uh, I, I think that there's probably uh, another element again in the in the s- spiritual uh, in terms of our relationship with God, where there is this continual conversation that happens between mm-hmm. us and God all during the day. Yep. That it's not like our prayer life is reduced to maybe before meals and before we go to bed, maybe a prayer time in our quiet time in the first thing that happens first thing in the morning, whatever. Yeah. But, but there is this continual conversation yeah. where we're saying, God, I, man, I'm not sure how to answer this email. Yeah. Can you just give me some guidance? And, and a consistent prayer that happens that really just becomes a part of the way that we see the world that yeah. says, God, help me see the world with your eyes. Yep. Help my heart be broken by the things that break your heart. Help my heart find joy with the things that bring you joy. Help me to see needs. Um, that there is this constant conversation that's going on so that when something happens, you don't just pass by it because yep. it's the farthest thing from your mind. It's at the front of your mind. So, right. so you do that. So Scott's question, uh, I think, in terms of um, fleshing out uh, intentional, uh, um, responsible, engaged, um, the uh, it, it's funny because in any in any of the realms that we talked about, in in, in terms of in our homes, yep. in the church, um, in the marketplace slash community, whatever, there there are a lot of ways to live that out. I think intentional really speaks to um, thinking ahead, taking initiative. Um, and and um, and doing the things that have us using what how God has wired us and how God has um, the pieces that He's put in us yeah. to be able to avoid obstacles, challenges, and yep. to do that not just for us but in our work, for, to do it for our family, um, to to be very intentional. Yep. Um, the uh, um, I think I, I'm I'm trying to think back through the illustrations I used yesterday. I I, I think um, uh, intentional speaks to um, it. It really does speak to how you schedule your time. Mm. And um, when I was working on stuff, I thought I I think that the um, if if we're not intentional, our kids will not grow up knowing who Jesus is mm. uh, or having a relationship with him. We have to be intentional yeah. about the things that we teach. And so that that really is that teaching outside of conflict thing. Mm. Um, we have to be intentional to teach, um, to, to, to take care of our wives and to, and to allow them to feel loved. Yeah. That doesn't happen um, by, accident. by accident. We have to be very intentional in that. Yeah. Um, we have to be intentional in our work. And we probably do that some, many of us, in our work. Yeah. And we let that trait live um, in our work. Yeah. But we don't necessarily have it live at church. Mm. We have to be intentional in terms of how we get involved in, um, in the body of Christ, yeah. in a life group. Uh, we have to be intentional to say, I'm going to make sure that I clear out that time to be with other people. Yeah. Engaged um, actually means that we don't check out, um, and we don't check out in any of those worlds. It, it's yeah. it e- it's easy at work to disengage. Hmm. We can do some tasks, yep. do the bare minimum, um, but that's very different than saying, God, you've called me to this, yeah. and I'm going to tackle the hardest thing first and go after that. It's very easy for us to not be engaged in the body of Christ. And so we come to church on Sunday morning because we know that's the right thing to do, but we don't, when people pray, we our brain's not really there. 
um, you know, we were, we may even go to life group hmm. and sit back and, and just let everybody else talk. Uh, engaged means that, that we're, that we're engaged. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just a warm body. Yeah. Um, and, and at home, man, it's the easiest thing in the world to say, ah, man, work is so hard. I, I, you walk in the door and don't ever, don't anybody bother me. Let me, let me just get something to drink and sit down, lay in my recliner. And then kids are in bed, yep. wife's in bed, and, and you have been disengaged the entire time. Mm. Um, I, the the um, uh, uh, responsible, I, I think in every area of our life, um, we live in a culture that we avoid responsibility. Yes. If, if something goes wrong, we say, oh, it's that person's fault. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> um, and and I was thinking through this in the prep of the message to think even around the home, um, hmm. why do we think, why do we think that someone else should do our dishes? Why do we think <laughs> that somebody else should yeah. do X, Y, Z? Um, rather than being responsible for the messes that we make at home. Yep. Right now, uh, insight into my life right now, um, Deb's with the grandkids in Joplin, and and because uh, this message has been on my mind too, I, I, it's like, why would I let stuff sit out? I, I can't even yeah. assume that Deb's going to clean it up because it's going to be there. <laughs> you know, It's going to be there when she comes home, yep. uh, 10 days from now or whatever. Um, the being responsible yeah. for... You know, for for all of the things that are uh, necessary in, in our homes, being responsible about the things that we say yep. and the damage or the encouragement that they, uh, yep. the, the impact that they have, um, being responsible for the things that we don't do, yeah. um, recognizing that that when we when we disengage, that that um, there's damage that happens in that, um, yeah. Yeah, well, I think the the cool thing again, this just speaks to the the amazing nature of God's design is that all of those things work together, right, to balance each other out. Because we we as you mentioned it with work, like we as men tend to idolize work, and so we're very intentional at work, right. But you can be so intentional that you disengage from your work because everything's planned out. You're just checking the boxes now at this yep. point and you disengage and that can be true with your family. Everything's planned out to the minute, but you lose the opportunity to engage because everything's set to a, right. to a schedule. And so by, again, by having God be our desire and trusting that his right. design, that being intentional and engaged and responsible helps us continue to walk in God's design and avoid the temptation that Satan often puts in of, oh, it's really better for you to over-intentionalize this. Right. And then you can be comfortable later because you've planned it all out. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Um, I've done a whole lot of weddings over the years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I typically do in a wedding ceremony is I'll talk about the vocations of both the man and the woman. Yeah. And... And give a challenge to them to say, um, you know, whatever the, whatever the the specific nature of that vocation is, um, an engineer, mm-hmm. you know, if, if an engineer is getting married, to to say, you understand that to be successful as an engineer, you've got to do a lot of research, yeah. you've got to do a lot of planning, and you've got to think about the stressors that are going to occur when you build this bridge or build this road or whatever yeah. it is. You've got to see that ahead of time, and you've got you've got to take the steps that are necessary to to prevent that 
so that whatever structure is that you're building, that it's going to last for a long, long time. Mm. My challenge in the wedding then is to say, you have to use those traits, Mm. that intentionality, that responsibility, that engagement. You've got to use those traits in your relationship with your wife. Yep or your marriage will die. Um, And so God's design really is for us in every area of our life. And you said it, uh, we can end here. If God is our desire, we can trust that design. Yep. That's a great answer that we can keep coming back to. There, okay with that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, last question. Oh, my. (laughs) We're we're there. Uh, And this, I think... Depending on how we answer it, can just be a good teaser for next week. So next, we're going through. We did masculinity and men right. this past Sunday. This coming Sunday, we're doing women, right? And, uh, uh, femininity. femininity, femininity. Yeah. Which I've realized that autocorrect doesn't correct for me, so I have to be very intentional and engaged when I'm spelling femininity. Femininity. Uh, so this last question uh, comes from again. We were we were uh, in Genesis a lot, and um, when God creates Adam, He creates man. Uh, he creates him, goes through that process, and eventually comes to the decision that it's not good for man to be alone. So this question is, the Bible states it's not good for man to be alone. How does that impact or translate to women? Is it also not good for women to be alone? Come on, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Just tease the message. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I, I don't want to give away. I'm not going to give away anything. I think, I think it's very clear. That yeah. the answer to that is no. Yeah. Uh, God's God's desire is not for any of us right. to to live in isolation and to try and be by ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I mean we can keep that. Back that's there. why I'm again. We've talked a lot. I'm sorry about that. No, we've we've talked a lot about the context of home. Yep. Let me just reinforce. I think that God's design applies whether you're married or not. Yeah. Um, uh, for for a single man, yep. they need to be intentional. They need to be responsible. They need to be engaged yep. in the church, in their work, in their family relationship, whatever that is, yep. it, in their friendships. Yep. It doesn't just have context yep. um, if you're married and have kids. Yep. Yeah, and I think it goes back to Jake's message last week, your message this past week. The, the coming messages is that God's design is designed to reflect parts of his character yes and so you see that in man individually you see it in women individually you see it in both of them together Together. single married whatever it might be when we walk in god's design god's glory is reflected through that yeah and that should be our desire yeah um so yeah Come next week, and we'll learn all about. <laughs> we'll do another. We'll encapsulate all of femininity. Yeah, we'll, in 35 we'll minutes. figure it all out. In Thirty-five <laughs> minutes great. or less. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Rick, for uh, for for taking all the questions and diving through. Thank you guys for submitting your questions. Uh, it's so good to 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 keep diving in. So keep the conversation going. Keep submitting questions. Um, comment. Uh, we had a great conversation that uh, that happened after the last podcast. So we'll see if we can start another good one. Uh, that'll be great. So thank you again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. 